Hey everybody, and <laughs> welcome to the Rogue Rebels Podcast. It's a book day, and you know what that means. I'm in a room by myself, but I'm talking to somebody who read a book. With me, I have a very special guest, the editor-in-chief of CineLinks and the founder of Real Outreach Charity, and he does a lot of stuff, and he's an occasional artist for Tops, Mr. Jordan Mason. Hey there. What is up, dude? Not much, man. Just yeah. surviving. Yeah. How's how's uh, the apocalypse treating you? Well, not great. <laughs> <laughs> not great, but we're alive, right? You know, could be uh, better. Could be a lot worse. Definitely. That's that's the one crazy thing about life. It's never so bad it can't get worse. <laughs> that's right. Uh, could be we, a lot worse. We're gonna talk about. The second Thrawn Ascendancy book, Greater Good. But before I yes. get into that, I just kind of wanted to be like, I, I see your like real outreach charity stuff, dude. And I wanted to talk mm-hmm. to you a little bit about that because that's really, really cool. And like, I'm interested in that. I'm always down talking about real outreach. I love yeah. real outreach. Go for it. Go for it. it I, I mean, it's just, it, you know, it, it was, it, it is a labor of love and something, you know, something that I've had the idea for forever. And, uh, you know, it came from the fact that uh, when I was growing up, didn't really have a whole lot, you know, mm-hmm. we, we went to the movies maybe once a year. Uh, that's cause I mean, we just didn't have anything. Right, That's right. how we grew up, and, you know. But I remember every time we got to go, it was this massive uh, experience for me. And you know, ultimately, I ended up going to college for film. And you know, that's the main thing I do now: I write about and talk about film. You know, so obviously, you know that that experience had a huge impact on me. And I know, uh, you know, that I'm not alone. Or I was, you know, when I was a kid. Much better off now, uh, <laughs> thankfully. Uh, but I know there's lots of kids out there that never had the chance, you know, just like me, to right to, to go and see the movies. They're just expensive. Yeah. You know, heck, even when I take out my family, it's at least a hundred dollars, or if not more. Yeah. You know, an outing. For real. And that's just not something everybody everybody can do. Mm-hmm. Uh. So. You know, that's that's kind of how, how it came about was, you know, I wanted to ask that, you know, there's, there's all kinds of charity programs out there for kids in need mm-hmm. uh, to hit all sorts of different different things, uh, whether it's, you know, food, you know, there's even, you know, stuff for video games and, you know, right, stuff right. like that. But there, there was nothing really for for movies in mm-hmm. that type of movie experience. Uh so I wanted to, to do something that would get them uh, a chance to, to go to the movies and, and have that theater experience with the new releases, you know, not, not, yeah, not yeah. you know, stuff that's been out for three, four years or, you know, longer, but actual new movies that they, you know, they hear their friends talk about at school and stuff right, like that. Right. They can be part of that conversation. So that's kind of what I did. I said, you know what? I had the idea for a while and, one day I finally turned to, you know, my girlfriend and said, screw it. Let's, let's get it done. Right on, man. That's really cool, dude. That's like, uh, I like, like our, 
you know, like we, we do costume stuff, you know, the family does, we all dress up. So like, we're kind of familiar with like that side of it, which is like kind of, it's like the clubs. And I was also like, I see you a lot on Twitter and like, we've kind of been like, I've been following you for like uh, years and you've been a delight, sir. And I just love (laughs) the community, like, cause Star Wars is community too. And like finding those people in the Star Wars community that like you vibe with and dig and like share similar interests and outlooks like, I think that's important oh, to everybody's yeah. Star Wars experience. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like with the amount of people out there on, I don't know, Twitter and YouTube, you want to be real kind of, I don't want to say careful with who you're dealing with, but like, it's cool to find people that are cool. So. Oh, some people. <laughs> definitely. Like a lot. Like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man, it's, it's a uh, good to talk to you. So let's, uh, I guess let's get going. I'm going to run through business real quick. You can check us out at the rogue We have a Facebook page. We're on Instagram at the rogue rebels and TikTok, I think. And we what, why does it say that's old? Uh, we are on Twitter at rogue rebels fam. Cause we're a family. Uh, I think I did the last episode of star Wars geek girl, but Lizzie ain't even here, but who knows when I'm going to release this. So I'm not even going to say that, but just listen to star Wars geek girl. Anyway. Uh, what else we got? Um, I wrote up a thing. That's like everything you need to know about war of the bounty hunters, which I'm really excited about today in particular, cause it's looking fun and I like comic books. So Jordan, where can people find you? If you wanted people to find you on the internets, where would they go? Well, people seem to find me anyway, uh, whether I want them to or not. Uh, the easiest way to find me is I, I'm, I'm online on Twitter, uh, at Jordan Mason, A-I-S-O-N. It's just my name. It's pretty easy to find me. Uh, yeah. You know, my, just my name uh, on Twitter. And pretty much it's my name everywhere. If I'm on a social media somewhere, I, I pretty much just use my name. I try to make it as easy as possible, which I probably shouldn't. But <laughs> I think I might have found the problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right on, man. Right on. All right. Thrawn Greater Good is like the second book in the prequel Thrawn Ascendancy trilogy. Like, I, like I know you're like an old school fan like me. And so we're like deep into the legend stuff before. I kind of feel that like the newer books overall, I like them way better than I did the old legends books if i had to compare them like how how do you yeah. feeling on the new stuff it feels i i would say i agree with that on this current trilogy that mm-hmm. he's doing now okay uh i enjoyed the previous thrawn books that he did what was it you know alliance and treason right uh which i i enjoyed them but it was very clear that he was hemmed in by whatever story the cartoon was telling okay uh, you know, which isn't, it isn't bad. It still felt like Thrawn, but you know, in this trilogy, you know, uh, the author Timothy Zahn just doesn't seem to have the same limitations. He right. pretty much does whatever he wants with this, uh, which is nice because we're getting a, a whole new side of, you know, al- you know, new aliens, right, new right. whole civilization that we haven't gotten to explore before. Mm-hmm. And because he's not hemmed in by you know tying it into the show or the a specific timeline, it it just feels more open, right? And I'm digging it. Okay, cool. I I'm digging it so far, and definitely I'm digging this second book a lot more than I dug the first book in this particular trilogy. And I think it's because mm-hmm. of all the groundwork 
You know, like the first book has to do all the heavy yeah. lifting of like, these are the chists, these are the families, you got to learn all these fools' names. <laughs> like, you know, they, they're, there's the like political hierarchy is different from the military hierarchy. Some of these fools, once they advance in the military, like their family ties are gone. Like, it, it's like there's so much of that that it's very this book sort of dove into stuff happening. And it, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like... Uh, if you are, if you love lightsabers and that kind of stuff, this ain't, this ain't your book. Like if you want to oh, no. get into like some very, like what I imagine a political thriller is, cause I don't watch a lot of political thrillers, <laughs> but that's what this seems like. And it's actually, this second book I, I really thought was uh pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, it really is pretty much Tom Clancy's star Wars, which isn't bad. Uh, you know, I'm all, oh, I'm all about it. <laughs> right. Uh, it, 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 for me, it, it's funny hearing you say that. Cause I actually preferred, I, I love both these books uh-huh. and I, this is, it's on its way to being one of my favorite new trilogies that they have. Okay. But I would say I enjoyed the first book just a little bit more. Uh, if only cause it felt like it was a fully self-contained story. Like right, it does right. all that setup stuff, yeah. But then it also feels like it has an ending, whereas yeah. the second one is like, it's good, but it's very obvious. It's the middle book. Okay, that's like fair. it has a whole whole lot of dangling plot threads, uh, yes. and you know it feels like it's just it's part one of you know whatever. Whereas the last one felt like you could read it on its own, and, and you you're right, fine. Right, right. Um. That's that's fair, but I also like I think the first, for for me in particular, like all of the these books like the Chiss Ascendancy and Beyond Wild um, Beyond the Unknown Regions and Wild Space, like it's so far removed from Star Wars that sometimes mm-hmm. like particularly with the first book I don't even feel like I'm reading Star Wars, like now that I'm oh, familiar yeah. with the world and their everything about like they don't even use like laser i mean i guess they do sometimes but like their weapons are like referred to as something different their shields are something different so even the like familiar stuff that you would normally have oh here they come on a capital ship no we call them like ascendancy mid you know whatever (laughs) you know oh we don't use laters ah prepare the launchers of whatever you know like uh electrostatic shields or stuff like that like Mm -hmm. it it really puts it almost um I know when I read the first book, I was like, this could be anything like this could not be Star Wars. Right. And like, you know what I mean? Like, so part of the Star like the stuff that's familiar Star Wars for me, it took me a while, I think, to get used to that. And I think that's probably why I dove into the second one a little bit easier because all that stuff had been done in the first one. So I'm already mm-hmm. familiar with all their weapons. I'm, I, I already know they're very excited about Republic Shield technology. I already know mm-hmm. that, you know, like. Uh, they use hyperspace differently and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, man, I think we're let's let's go for spoilers, dude. You, you ready to get into the book book? I'm I'm ready to get into the book book. Spoiler book book time. Uh, okay, I, I like I wrote like crappy little notes, but it's not even important. I like <laughs> all of the stuff that happens. Like wh- whenever Thrawn's flying a ship, and you like he does the stuff. There's so much of that in here even though Thrawn's kind of like he disappears in the middle of the book he is like not the main character of this book no and that was surprising <laughs> which yeah which I, 
I mean, at first it kind of threw me off, but at the the more I read it, I was like, I'm actually okay with a, just a Chiss, you know, story. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Uh, and it's actually, I mean, in terms of the story, it's it's actually kind of more interesting. I mean, we know how Thrawn is. He, you know, I mean, right. he's written a very specific way, and he's mm-hmm. not ever going to change. <laughs> uh, and that's kind of the point of him, you know. And he even admits that he he doesn't care about anything else. He's there, you know. Yeah. He's there for one thing. That's just how his character is. And so it's nice with this book getting, you know, where he wasn't necessarily the main focus. We got to see other characters that are changing and mm-hmm. and you know and can come at all the the things that we're seeing uh, from a whole different perspective than what we get through with with Thrawn. So. I like that part. Yeah. It's just, it is weird when you consider the name of the book <laughs> is Thrawn and it's his whole trilogy. And it's very, this one especially is very much uh, not his story. I mean, it was what, right, right. L- you know, Lakinda uh, and even Arlani's uh, story yeah, more than his. Seem to have which is more. fine. Those are amazing characters. Lakinda was really, really cool. Heck yes. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't I, like her at first either. Yeah. But and that's think, how well written she was. Yeah. And I think she was kind of written in that way to where she's like, well, like, who's this? You know, like everybody's looking at yeah. Thrawn because Thrawn is this jerk that's just like, oh, he just he's just the guy that shows up and he's like good at everything. And all these people that have spent their years studying at these good schools are now all of a sudden like, what? Why is he? Advancing? Yeah. <laughs> like, because I am good at the thing. I have done the thing. You know? Pretty much. And so Lakinda's looking, oh, he's got connections with the big myth family. And, oh, he's just going and he's going to come and he's going to mess up all this stuff because he always does things his weird way. Um, You know, but then, like, eventually working with, of course, she starts to, like, learning to respect him and how is like, and, and mm-hmm. it, it pays off really, really well in this book. Oh, yeah. I thought it's, that, it's like, great. Yeah. Her story and like that was really, really cool. Aralani we're like kind of familiar with already because she's shown up in a few of the other whatever like the other Thrawn non ascendancy yes. trilogy books and she's cool but I'm still curious to see where this is like like where all these threads are going because I feel like I know but I also feel like well let's see what happens um, yeah it, I mean we almost have to know because we know he comes you know because right. we see what where he ends up with mm-hmm. with the empire and you know we have whispers of why he comes to the empire right. but you know so but yeah even so it feels like there's so much open territory there for yeah. them to still tell a very unique story. I think with the first book, I th- I was a lot more like, you know, cause you're just like, you don't know exactly where it is, but as soon as the first book like runs into the clone wars, you know, like all yeah. of a sudden I'm like, Oh, we're like close. Like yeah. I thought, you know, I didn't know if this was teenage Thrawn. I didn't know if this was, you know, young man Thrawn, like, yeah how far this was going to go. But now it seems like we're so close that I almost feel like the trilogy has to end up with him, you know, on uh whatever planet that was on that and, planet. Yeah. yeah. Where he gets found. I, mean, I would not Eli. be surprised. <laughs> yes. <laughs> boy, oh. Eli. I miss Eli. You know, yeah. Where's Eli, man? Uh, so we got like the main, so this, like the, in the other book, there was the memories too. And those memories mm-hmm. were basically like, uh, I never did a podcast on the first book, so I'll just say it now. But it was about, like, basically how he, like, 
got adopted by the Myth family and put into military, and like they recognized his talents and all that. Mm-hmm. This time, the memories are not thrown. So immediately, when all the memories were somebody else, I was like, "Wait, what? Who are these people, and why do I care about right? them?" Right. Only to realize that these people are the like main antagonists of this book. Uh, yeah. Which was cool. Which was cool. awesome. And different. Yes. It wasn't, they weren't like space fleet, you know, it wasn't like another, you know, Thrawn has to fight another Thrawn military genius. <laughs> like, it was these guys who were like, yo, we can make a civil war if we pretend we have precious metals. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know yeah. how to simplify it more, but it was I, like, obviously it's better than that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's so... It's really cool idea, I, and what I think was because you know when I saw that they were bringing back the memories, my first thought was like, God, I mean, how much more of Thrawn's backstory can we do? But then I saw that, you know, no, it's about you know who the bad guys are, right. uh, which is a cool way to approach it and to make them feel to give give more information on them, uh, without really feeling like you're taken away from the main story. Yeah, exactly. Which was, it was a neat way of doing it. Uh, even though we still know so little about them. Mm-hmm. And they, but we spent a whole lot of time with them. Yeah. They also did a really good job of like pacing it out. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Zahn obviously, but like the way that he paces out the memories is by the time you like, as the memories, you're learning more and more about them as well and their plan. And in the current, like, quote-unquote current day, you see what they're doing now, and, like, it sort of, like, you realize, like, you learn what they're doing in the memories as the results of their planning is starting to happen in the current, like, they did a really good job of pacing that out, so, like, you're like, oh, 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 no, you know? Yeah, yeah, there's a whole lot of, there, I mean, that's what I like about these and I know some people. Part of that's what turns some people off of them mm-hmm. is like, I mean, for me, Thrawn, all of his stories have been like Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, you know how it's going to end. Right. You know that he's going to uh, do something awesome. <laughs> you know it. I mean, yeah, there. Yeah. You know, even if it's you know some sort of Deus Ex Machina thing. You know how it's going to go, but seeing how they get to that is a big right. part. You know, like with Sherlock Holmes, you yeah. see how they get to it, and that's what's the fun part. Yeah. You know, and that's, you know, like you said, the pacing here is, is really what makes that, that work so well. Yeah. And, like, in general, like, any Thrawn book, like you said, is very Sherlock Holmes. Like, all of the Thrawn books, even the old one, like, they're all kind of slow burns. Like, mm-hmm. you're kind of guessing, and you're, like, not really sure what's happening until it starts happening. And then you're like, oh, finally, I get what he's doing. Like, you know, like, most of these books, you're catching up with Thrawn. Um, yeah. They're written that Yeah, way. and you have these big epiphany moments, which, which is, for me, is, is a big fun. It's like, holy crap, this is where it's all been. Yeah. You know, this yeah. is what where it's all been going to. Some people don't like that, and I totally understand. Right. Like, it, it can be frustrating. It's like... You know, watching Scooby Doo, and they don't give you any of the clues you need to try and figure it out yourself. Right. It, you know, some <laughs> people like to be able to sit down and try and piece it together on their own. It doesn't happen in Thrawn because <laughs> he's always one step ahead of you. Right. Right. So you know, you're just kind of along for the ride. But for me, I I think that's part. Uh, you know, a a big fun factor for it is seeing how it, it manages to come together. Yeah, I, I like watching Thrawn do the things. 
But like, I do understand mm-hmm. that like most of these books, like you're waiting half of the book for him to find, like before you start oh, catching yeah. up to the thing. Um, yes. I think probably out like out of the out of all the canon ones for sure, like treason. Mm-hmm. It's like the shortest story. It's literally like they're. I mean, they got to be there what like a week, two days. Like it's. Oh yeah. It's like it's like this one little event, and it's such a small compared to these grand books. But it's like mm-hmm. the most like you watch Thrawn do the thing for like a good third of the book. Like oh, he's yeah. doing the stuff in that book like the this, whole time. Like, and in, everybody's watching him. Yes, that was like probably the most action Thrawn book. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that was... action for for Thrawn. Right, right. <laughs> that uh, we, that we've had. So we got like so we got the the, the Yagbui, which are like the the tools or whatever, like the the people that are have the plan, and then we got yeah. like uh, early we meet the Magus and these refugees that like they they find and their like whole world has been devastated, and the Magus as leader of her people is like hey like we are going to commit suicide and I'm going to order my people to commit suicide because that's what we do uh, to restore like, like, cause she feels that there's no hope for our people and they're trying to find a way to like save the people. Um, yeah, that was weird. It was weird, but it's like, you're waiting for this to connect like to the other stuff and it like doesn't until way later. You yeah. I, mean? I think that was the one, probably the biggest thing that, that didn't exactly work for me. Okay. Like, I love the idea, it, you know, because we, we got a lot of new aliens in this book. Uh, you know, you have the Magus and the Agbui who are working with the main bad guy in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so you get all these introductions real quick, so you have this whole new... I mean, I guess we met these th- that alien race in the in the previous book, Mm-hmm. You know, where Thrawn rescued him, and that's how he made contact with him. Uh, but here we get to see more of their culture and what it means, and you know, it, and it's just it's cool because you find out that they're really like connected to the Force in some way, and they that's why they believe if they give up their lives to join the Force, they can then influence the regrowth of the planet, yeah. which is kind of crazy sounding yeah, but it's like uh very it's a cool idea <laughs> yeah it's i mean you know it's a very interesting take yeah. on the idea of the living force that yeah. you know everybody in star wars has heard about before right but this is a like a more specific this is how it works type of thing which yeah. i don't think that's how the force works but that's what they they feel. Right. The the right. biggest problem is that we get all this information in like what first eighty pages, yeah. And yeah. then they freeze her. <laughs> yeah. And they don't unfreeze her until like the last yeah. fifty pages of the book. <laughs> yeah. Thrawn's solution is like pause. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's basically like, well, how do I save these people? Pause. If she can't give the order for everybody to kill themselves, they can't kill themselves. But I like that. Like the um. Like, when they're, like, talking to her and they're trying to, like, they're trying to convince her. And she's like, no, like, it's done. Like, I'm going to do it. Like, and they don't know what to do. They don't know how to save her people. And the people are like, no, no, no. If she says she's to kill ourselves, we're going to do it. Like, nobody, we don't even need, we don't need, like, they're like, can we take their knives away? Like, they're like, no, yeah. we're just going to do it. Like, there's, there's, like, no saving this except mm-hmm. Thrawn's thing. He's like, remove the choice. Aha. Um, but I like that she sort of deals with, um, oh, what's her name? Uh, Talia. 
Thomas. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like the 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 caretaker and Chiri, the Skywalker from the previous book, are also mm-hmm. like pretty big characters in this book as well. And they get like more stuff to do. Like they're a matriarchal society. And Talius was formerly connected with the Force, so like they sort of put her to talk to the mages because it's their belief in the. They don't call it the Force. They call it something else. Just like the Skywalkers call it Skywalking. Uh, yeah. But they put them together and like, they like, you know, they're like, well, remember that she's like, so, uh, you know, they like want to trick their culture into thinking that Talias is such a high ranking person mm-hmm. in their society. Whereas like in the other book, they were like, they tricked her into thinking that she was a servant or an indentured servant or something like yeah. that. So like they're yeah. using them for like every little disguise they need. Everything. <laughs> um, but I thought it was cool that they gave her more to do. And she's mm-hmm. the one that sort of like ends up making it happen. Like at the end when she's like, no, 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 that's it. You unfroze me. It's done. When then she like kind of grabs it. Like when everybody doesn't know what to do, she grabs the jewelry and she's like, is this what, is this what they did? Huh? This is proof that your people yep. are around, huh? You know, like she kind of hits her with yeah. logic. Yeah. And this, <laughs> again, this wasn't Thrawn's story. Yeah. This was everybody, which is fine. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's what was so neat about seeing those elements brought into it uh you know and there there was that payoff but yeah the the timing in between stuff for for that what was initially set up as the main plot point uh then it just kind of disappeared for about half the book yeah yeah (laughs) for sure (laughs) and then it it came you know it all tied in to the other story they were telling but yeah it was uh yeah it was interesting it's like they froze up, and at one point I straight up forgot that Magus was even part of the story. And like I think it was whatever chapter it was in the final third of the book mm-hmm. where uh Thalias is sitting in her uh her room where they're keeping the frozen <laughs> uh Magus there. Uh-huh. She said something about man. That's weird. I was like, "Holy crap! She's got a body in there." I yeah. totally forgot about this body. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, and why it had to stay in her room? Like, y- y'all got yeah. a big ship. Why y'all got to put it in my room? Like, that's whack. <laughs> like, uh, but I really like that. Like, like Thrawn disappear. And when I say disappears from this book, like for a good two or three chapters, I was like waiting for him to come back until I forgot that it was his book. Until he came yep. back. To 20 chapters later or whatever it was like that's how much yep. Thrawn disappears from this book so like he's in the beginning and he's in the end and the middle is everybody else yep um so like it's mostly like from the military aspect it's mostly Lakinda and her <laughs> like uh her worship and how she's working with Aralani and all that stuff and then there's also like the agriculture on what is it Selwis or whatever the planet is yeah the, these pronunciations man Okay, I did the audiobook after, so like I, I, oh. I, I'm good that I get to go through the, the audiobooks because it helps me every now and then, uh, <coughs> you know. But then what's whack is if you do the audiobook first, sometimes you mm-hmm. read it on the page and you're like, oh, that's how you spell Yoponek? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Is that how they say it? Uh, that's how they say it in the audiobook. Yeah, Yoponek and Yomo. <laughs> uh, Hapleaf and the Agbui. Yeah. It's Hapleaf? Hapleaf. Man, I've been saying these all wrong when I'm reading them. I guess I should listen to... 
I mean, to the audiobooks too. It's, I, normally, that's how I go through things, and Thrawn is just like, well, remember that we must do that, you know, the Nicardoon or whatever he says. You know, and mm-hmm. that's, uh, I'll get I'll get a little bit of tips. Uh, but yeah, that's what's what happened with books, man. I said I was one of those kids who said Karuskin for twenty for, for ten years. <laughs> you know? Oh man, the prequels changed my mind on so many pronunciations. <laughs> the old days, buddy. Yes. Uh, 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 so they okay. So Hapleaf and the Agbui, they're like disguising themselves or whatever as these agricultural travelers that like to learn yeah, about like, different cultures. Nomads. Yeah. So they pick up these like young, what we're led to believe is like basically chists that are taking a year off before college to like go get wild. They're gap year. Yeah. Yeah. Gap year. There you go. <laughs> instead, yeah. Instead of you know bumming around Europe, you know they just explore the galaxy. Yeah. They fly around the chaos looking at like bird migrations and crap. Um, mm-hmm. So they're like things to pick them up. Because then, in theory, they'll have a connection with that family. And, like, the whole plan is to, like... The whole plan isn't revealed till later. But, like, they pick up these Chiss kids and they go and they find, like, a harvest space on a small farming planet on the outside of whatever family's holdings that, like, nobody's paying attention. But they mm-hmm. drop that they have, like... Like, they drop this, these... They have this jewelry. And they, like, give it away like it's worthless. And this is, like... Apparently, this is, like, vibranium. This is, like, the most, like, valuable, you know, chist stuff. The warships are built out of it. And they're like, they make just, like, a necklace out of this crap. Like, they got so much of it lying around. Like, I can't wait to, like, steal their world. Um, yeah. Right? It's a very complicated plan. It's it's super complicated, and it's all according to a timetable. And, like, through these memories, you sort of get that, like, they're answering to somebody who's Jixtus from the other book. Like, yeah, you know, they're like, oh, like they want they stay. The, the kids want to spend one more year looking at these damn birds. <laughs> like, you yeah, know? yeah, that, you know, that was what was neat, you know, because in what the first book you had, give the benevolent, mm-hmm. uh, who was you know the main bad guy of that book, right? Uh, which we learned and we knew from the start that he wouldn't be the main bad guy. Right. Uh, that there was a bigger threat somewhere. And, you know, so this book we get to see that, yes, there was someone behind, you know, Yiv and, mm-hmm. you know, who was pulling his strings and now is, you know, pulling strings on something else. Right. And, you know, very right. convoluted plan, which has to happen in yeah. a Thrawn book. Which, to be, yeah, I was uh, going to say, to be fair, like, if you love Thrawn books, like, you, this isn't any more or less convoluted than any other plan in any no. Thrawn book. No, it's not. Yeah. But it, it it was cool to see, you know, once you, they started giving those clues, you could see how, they, you know, how the bad guys were working uh, and figuring it out. Which, you know, by the time Thrawn figures it out, it's it's just more impressive because you had a whole book to figure it out, and Thrawn does it in like five minutes. Yeah. Once he, you know, once he's, you know, he sees that piece of jewelry, and he's like, oh crap. Yeah. They hand him a piece of jewelry, and he's like, "Hold up, <laughs> like, where'd you get this? What's going on?" And yeah, he, like, yeah, it's it's like when it comes to a head, and it like literally does come, like, and we find out the uh, the timetable is so important because basically, like, what they're doing is they're like, from what we're seeing is like he he drops this piece of jewelry wreck as nothing, 
And he like, oh, like, thank you so much for letting us stay here. Here, just have this little like trinket that we make in our spare time with our random mines of useless jewelry metal. And then the people are like, oh, my God, this is like, like the for real. They're just making it like and they they like send it off to the family and like the whole family's in an opera and they're like calling family emergencies to go to the world. And basically like they basically want to claim the planet as their own so that they can be rich and the family can advance. Like so it's like family politics that they're trying to advance. Yep. And, and like this is where we learned that like, what is it? The, the nine ruling families. There's also like 40 like. Uh, middle family. I don't know what to go. What are they? I don't forgot what they're called, but the 40 like noble families and they're not quite ruling, but they're not like common families either. So they're like trying to claim this world. So maybe they can get more riches and status and become one of the nine ruling fam or add another ruling family or something. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm, yeah. The whole, the whole idea, I guess for the bad guys, because the bad guys want to deal with the Chiss ascendancy. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in this part of the galaxy, the ascendancy the is, you know, pretty much top dog. Yeah. And they keep everybody else in line. And, you know, whoever these bad guys are, which, I, you know, we end up finding out that it's, it's what, the Grisk? Is that how they yeah. pronounce it? Jixtus yeah. the Grisk. The Grisk, which we knew about from the, the other Thrawn books. Right, you know, right. we knew that that was the, the main threat to... Yeah. Uh, to the Chiss, and, and so you know now we get to find out that yes, that, you know this is who's working against them, and basically they're just trying to. They don't want to get in a head-to-head fight with the Chiss because mm-hmm. they know their 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 chances aren't as good there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they try to go with this convoluted plan to get them into their own little civil war, yeah, and let them deal with each other. You know, while they can consolidate the rest of their power and stuff like that. Yeah. So they're like, it's almost like they each drop like some of this jewelry knowledge on different families. So, and it all goes on a timetable. So that way, like when all the families find out and get all their warships and go together, like they literally meet up at the moment and are like all trying to claim the world for their own. And it basically inciting a a civil war, right? Yeah. They're, They're basically, this is like the Grisk version of, you know, starting, uh, I don't know facebook loyalists pages or some crap <laughs> like you know what i mean like that's what's happening here yes basically uh, yes right the right wing chiss <laughs> yeah uh so it's it's like and it like it works to the point where the warships get there like they get the families to all go and try to claim this worthless world and the families like since they all get there at the same time like nobody has time to even realize the world is worthless before they start fighting over it like right. they don't even get to see that there's no mines there or anything like that. And like it, it gets, um, it gets a little crazy, but when Thrawn kind of figures it out and get like, he hits up Lakinda, who is one of the, you know, the Zodlak mm-hmm. is one of the families that was called to this thing. So yep. she's like on, and they're not, the families aren't supposed to be talking to anybody else. This is an emergency only family. Like, he ends up getting a hold of her and saying, this is what I think is happening. And she's like, oh, no, that sounds right. Like, <laughs> what do we do? Right. <laughs> you know, and like, it's almost like she's almost like arrested for treason, like for a second. Like, you know, when they find out she's talking to a non-family thing, like it all uh-huh. goes down and it gets crazy. And uh, like Thrawn has a freighter where they're controlling these uh gunboats but like, like remote drones. controlling them yeah 
like drone yeah. gunboat thingies yeah which is like the technology that they just like beat up from uh, another like one of his pirate attacks that he just solved you know 20 minutes yep. ago uh, yeah, yeah he like, like just got those things yeah 20 minutes before he got the jewelry he like beat up these other guys and was like well they're all on the ship and that's how i saw because they walked me on it and i noticed there was 20 little consoles and 20 little ships like uh yep yeah so well I, yeah it, you know that's one of the things i really you know that's why i like lakinda because the whole idea uh, you know the the main theme of this book especially but i think it, it's a central theme to what you know the whole trilogy is supposed to be about is mm-hmm. you know the idea of of loyalty and are are you loyal to uh you know a specific family or can you be loyal to you know the needs of everybody right you know and can you set aside your personal glory uh for what's best for everyone right which is which is a good idea you know and a central theme to a lot of things in star wars Mm -hmm. you know is, is can you be selfless and do what's better for everybody Right. Uh, you know, we see that in the movies a lot. You know, especially with Rogue One, where everybody just dies. And, you know, but it, the sacrifice is worth yeah, it. Yeah. And you know, you like you said, she. I mean, she pretty much. She. You know, the whole book, she talked about how much she loved her family. Yeah. And wanted to bring them glory, but she was willing to. Uh, almost betray them. Yeah. To yeah. ensure their safety. Like. You know, and and willing to put her her own career and you know life at risk for. Yeah. Everybody like jeopardizing her status and all that kind of stuff to mm-hmm. like, in theory, save, you know, with Thrawn's plan, hopefully save everybody. Um, yeah. And that's like the tool that the bad guys are using. Like these people, like the people that are calling all like it's their greed and like rush for status, right. That they're like trying mm-hmm. to get to, Oh, we need to get this valuable metal so we can become one of the nine or, or whatever it is. You know, like you can like when, especially in the, Oh, I can't remember the guy's name. Like the the guy that from the Zodlak family, the like, not the chancellor, but the like the guy who like they give the jewelry to and starts calling all the emergencies. Like he ends up like killing one of the representatives that who won't yeah. okay the plan. Like it gets pretty dark pretty quick, and you can yeah, tell that gets... oh this is a greedy jerk guy. Yep. <laughs> like, um, you know, and it's like that's what they're you they're depending on the greedy jerk guy to call the emergency mm-hmm. so that they go to battle and they don't really. They're because, you know, like using the family's personal greed against the society as a whole, whereas Thrawn yep. is, in theory, not going with any of that. He's trying to save the Chiss. Yeah, you know? Thrawn doesn't give two craps. No. <laughs> about like, <laughs> about lo- all that. I love that they've given him that, like, political blind spot. And I think it's like, it's not Lakinda, but it's like one of her people, or uh, maybe it's one of the people on Thrawn's ship. But, like, somebody says something about it, like, well but his family is like the myth. Like, are they going to like blah, 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 blah. And they were like, look, I think it's a Samacro. And he's like, yeah, Thrawn yeah. doesn't like do political stuff. And they're like, why? Like, he's not interested. And they're like, no, no, no. He doesn't even know what that means. Like he, yeah. he doesn't understand. Like, he's just like, that's not a thing for Thrawn. Like if, if yeah. Thrawn says this is military, it's military. And it's literally never anything else because he doesn't care or understand any of that. Yep. <laughs> you know, he, he, Yep. It, I mean, and that's part, I th- I mean, he doesn't care because he doesn't understand. And yeah. he's just like, whatever. <laughs> like, and it's such a weird thing to like, kind of square that. Like, cause when, you know, like Thrawn's always like, well, we understand culture. Ah. And it's like, 
I feel like politics is kind of wrapped up in that, but also like, yeah. it is cool that he has like this really weird blind spot, like that he just doesn't like, he doesn't dive into it. He doesn't question it. If other people tell him like, Hey dude, this might be like a bad thing. He's just like, okay. Like, yeah. And it's interesting because that, I mean, in the original books, the old mm-hmm, Thrawn mm-hmm. books, that was not the case at all. Like he, you know, basically became the next emperor, you know, he was setting That's himself yeah, up yeah, for yeah. So he knew yeah. what he was doing there. Right. Uh, he, he was all around, you know, but of course back then he was pure bad guy. Right, uh, right. In these books, not even these books, pretty much all of the new Canon Thrawn books have really made him feel more like an anti, anti-hero. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's more than straight up villain. He's more dimensional, like for sure. Yes. But he also has like, there's a lot of like, like he's almost like, I, I don't know how else to describe him. Like everybody does the Sherlock and the this, but he's almost, oh God, like now I can't remember the guy. Like, he's like Sheldon, dude, from like Big Bang Theory. Like <laughs> yeah. there's just that part of his humanity that like he misses these things. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. even in the first book, they're like, oh, like you don't even like have homies or like, I forgot the line is, but he's like, yeah, he's got, how do like, you no see friends. people? Allies, assets, possible adversaries. Like yep. he sees them as whatever his military mind makes yeah. of them, you know? Um, so like there's a little bit of that humanity that's gone, which to me makes like, I know a lot of people bring this up. I don't know how you feel about this, but a lot of people have a disconnect between these, like Timothy Zahn's writing Thrawn and mm-hmm. Rebels Thrawn. And I don't, I don't feel the disconnect. I just feel like in these, you see more of his motivations Whereas those, you're only seeing him through the eyes of Ezra. And of course he's yeah. going to be the heartless bad guy. <laughs> like, Yeah, and he's supposed to, yeah, I, I think a lot of that, that, you know, that is important with any of the Star Wars we see, you know, is so much of it is about the perspective we're given. Yeah. You know, and he's, you know, in Rebels, he's this big bad guy. And that's how, mm-hmm. so all the actions we see from the perspective of the heroes is going to be big, bad, bad guy stuff. Yeah, you know, and we don't get his perspective. Where, you know, I mean, it's important to to note that Thrawn is is a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Fascism is bad. <laughs> uh, it's true. You know, it, that's it's a bad thing, and he he buys into it, which made him bad. Uh, but you know, he he's in the books. It's clear that he's an ends justifies means type of guy. Yes, where you know he. He feels he's still doing what you know. Funny enough, is you know the greater good. Right, right. Uh, Perfect. But obviously, the means that he's going about doing it, you know, aren't exactly you know morally, ethically, the right way to go about it. Uh, and I think that's where, I think that that's where some of the disconnect is, you know, because okay. to see more of his internal logic with these books, whereas in the you know series we just see his actions as a bad guy and right, yeah he's right. a bad dude i mean he's like what made that dude blow on him uh <laughs> he did bad things so yeah, for sure. but for him it all made sense because this is what he needs to do to protect his people you know we get that perspective from the books mm-hmm. yeah so i'm i'm curious like i don't have that dis- like i feel like pretty like, you just don't see his motivations there. But in theory, like, the way yeah. that the other books end, his motivations is, like, the Imperial stuff and using that as a tool to, in theory, help his people from that mysterious threat that might be Grisk's, 
Um, and like, so keeping the emperor happy and like, you know, like that's why, yeah, he, mm-hmm. he, 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 he orbital bombarded a city, dude. That's what happens. Like, yeah, that's what he had to do. You know, it was that or, let, yep. you know, they wanted Ezra. They were going to get Ezra, you know, uh, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Which like, I think I, I said it on online and kind of got some grumpy opinions <laughs> about it, but I said that I, I prefer this anti-hero Thrawn that we're getting to straight up bad guy Thrawn. It feels more anti-hero in these books because we see, you know, at the prequel, you know, he's not working with the Empire right now. He's, right, he's straight right. up trying to save his people. And so it feels, you know, obviously some of the stuff he does still is like, it's a little over the top, dude. Uh, <laughs> you know, so yeah. that's, you know, the anti-hero angle, but you, you know, mm-hmm. it still feels like he's, He's trying to do the right thing, right, right. And it's a, it's an interesting take on Thrawn that we hadn't had the chance to, to see before. Mm-hmm. You know, because even in the original books, he was full on bad guy. Right, right. He was always the antagonist. So they, you never got this yep. like more dimensional view of him, which which I'm digging in most of these books. Um, yes. To to get you know to expand and like that's why. I don't know. Like Thrawn's been such a popular character for so many years, but it's cool to really like dig into him now. Cause you, even when he was popular back then, like we were just like, Oh, he's the smart guy. Yeah. He, the smart yeah. guy. That's cool. He's awesome. He's smart. And he's yeah. blue. Like, and, and I mean, people forget, I mean, and it is weird because he's, he's become such a massive part of, of star Wars, mm-hmm. you know, even before the, the, you know, the new canon and all that stuff. And he was in like five, freaking books yeah, yeah out of out of almost you know 100 yeah some odd like other books years. he was only in five yeah but he he was just this massive part of the universe and you know and of course he, he started making appearances in games and you know mm-hmm. he's got reference mm-hmm. and other stuff yeah but it's it's pretty impressive to see yeah. how you know even though he was only in you know a trilogy it he just became this iconic part of star wars and it's hard yeah. you know it, it's interesting to see you know he's he's been in more stuff now than he ever was definitely definitely and <laughs> you know in, in, in the in the 20 years before right and i think it's almost or 30 like, years now god yeah you're right uh it's even a little bit like i i, I don't know like why i mean because like first of all those books like kicked off like star wars is happening again so i can get the excitement mm-hmm. around like that rally but i also think that like kind of like boba fett it was it was in a book, and it was something that you could visual like he's a blue guy with red eyes in a white suit. So like even before comics, like you have a visual that we can all sort of like, ooh, that looks cool. Like you know what I mean? Right. Like in a time when we didn't have a whole lot <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. of stuff. Like so, I think like that helped. Like he looked really cool. He was an enemy that was like a new kind of enemy that we had never seen before. It was always like, oh, this is an evil Jedi. This is a guy with a red lightsaber. Well, this one shoot lightning, lightning. you know, like yeah. it was, it was just yeah. more of that. What can fight the Jedi? A bad Jedi. Um, so yeah. like, you know, the idea, like the idea of yeah. Thrawn, of somebody who could like, that was such a cool idea and I'm glad it stuck around, but I'm glad that it's getting more like, like we're diving into it and making it more real than it was. Some people are going to be like, what about those other two books? And I'm going to be like, that wasn't him. That was like his double or something. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. 
I don't want to get into those two books. Yeah. I have such a... I have such a <laughs> love hate relationship with that duology. Uh, Legends days, Legends days. Yeah, we don't have to, we don't have to worry about it no more. <laughs> Put those books down, buddy. Uh, let's see. So yeah, they all base all the families show up at the useless planet that everybody thinks is a gold mine, and are ready to fight each other and kill each other for it. But basically, Thrawn's plan is to show up with the pirate fighter that he just beat up twenty minutes ago, and pilot like remote control it as if it's attacking him so all the chiss will unite against the outside enemy yeah it, it sounds works. like a thrawn plan and it basically <laughs> works right but also like it's like they end up using the sky uh cheery they end up using the skywalker to mm. like it's it's so convoluted like i'm explaining it but it's not even it like there's they're shooting the the fighter in places to release like bursts of ion energy so that it looks like it's being piloted when it's not that way. Nobody knows that it's being rep- like not piloted and they're using cheery to skywalk in a way, which she's never done before to like look into the future, like to, mm-hmm. to, to, so that they get the thing to crash where they need it to crash, to hide the evidence that the planet was useless in the first place and save the families from embarrassment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If if you say it out loud, it sounds it sounds dumb. It sounds crazy. It sounds yeah. Bad. Sounds real dumb. It sounds real. Uh, bad. But it's not. It's really kind of cool when it happens. It's you're in it's it. It's amazing. And it's, it's really just, cool. Like it is, and that's that's what I. I mean, I don't know if you've read any of of Timothy Zahn's non Star Wars stuff, sir. I have not. But but he is. He he's really good at at making you feel like you're in the heat of the moment. Like okay, uh, I've read his uh, the Starcraft book that he did a few years back. Okay, he wrote a Starcraft book, which Starcraft is my other big thing. But, I, know, I know it's video games. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, but it. I mean, it is. I think I read that in like a day and a half because you know he just sucks you in to the action and the battles in a unique way that makes you feel like you it's really happening in front of you. Mm-hmm. And yes, when you look back on it or, you know, we talk about it, it's like, God, that's the dumbest thing. <laughs> but when you're reading it, yeah. you're, you're sweating, you're flipping the pages as fast as you can. It's just, I mean, you're in it. Yes. And like, that's, that is a fact. And that's like almost all of these Thrawn books. When stuff starts happening, like for a while, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. if, if you were to look at me reading a Thrawn book over 20 hours, I would look confused for 15 hours. <laughs> and then I would look really excited for another five hours. Like, when stuff <laughs> yeah. starts happening in Thrawn books, like, it starts happening and you're like, oh, like, you're on the edge of your seat. Like, yep. the action in, in Thrawn books might be sporadic, but when it hits, you are all invested mm-hmm. because... Everything is hanging off of this and the ridiculously convoluted plan that you don't, you're not sure you understand yet, but it had, you're praying that it works. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know how else to describe it other yes. than that, but you're absolutely right. No, that's pretty good. <laughs> like it's, it sounds, if, if I was to make a YouTube video describing Thrawn books, it would just sound dumb, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I think that we're just dumb and don't understand Thrawn sometimes. And it's like that level of stuff that gets... Some of the stuff is just really good. And, like, Lakinda is a big part of that end plan, mm-hmm. like we were talking about before. And it's, like, putting her 
you know, putting the chiss above her family is like a big risk that she takes. And she literally yeah. leaves the bridge because she thinks something's going to go wrong to contact Thrawn and then like comes out and it's like coming out of the bathroom and she's busted. <laughs> like she walks out of her room and everybody's there and there's warriors and they're like, you, you are relieved from duty, all of this because you're contacting outside the family Mm-hmm. And you're like, ah, oh, seriously, dude. And like, you're now you're not sure if like her ship is going to be able to do the thing that it needs to do for Thrawn's plan to work. So now everything is even crazier. Um, the stuff with Chiri, we touched on it a little bit, like she's helping. Like they sort of get like, we've gotten into this a little bit. That's like skywalking, how it works. Like mm-hmm. that's how they travel through hyperspace. If you haven't read any of these and it's kind of like they see the future enough so that they sort of guide the direction of the ship. Like they see the future and make sure that they don't crash. So if they see a future where that you crash, they're like, turn left real quick. I'm sure that's the dumbest way to explain it, <laughs> but that's <laughs> kind of how it sounds. Right. So in this, yeah, yeah go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, which is cool because we see that now in, was it, uh, the high Republic stuff with, oh, yeah. uh, with, uh, uh, the uh the Na- sound techas oh, yeah. there you go yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, and you know the nihil there right. they're uh uh the eye the, yeah. the 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 old lady that he has yep. captured in a, that in a, can in a create chamber yeah and she yes and it sound i mean just when i was reading it the first time it's like this sounds like yeah. the skywalker stuff Absolutely. that the chiss do you know she's basically mm-hmm. looking into the force to chart a safe route right uh, so you know it's it's, it's kind of cool to see how those those two might end up being you know connected at some point uh down the road yeah yeah uh, for sure but yeah i love love the skywalker idea it, it's always been very cool to me i know some people think it's dumb a lot of yeah. star wars is dumb but yeah, i love it yeah <laughs> Look, don't think too hard about any Star Wars. You're going to find something wrong with it. It'll kill your joy yeah, real exactly, quick. Dude. Exactly. If you don't believe me, just watch YouTube. Uh, spoilers, do I not know. watch YouTube. Don't. Please don't. Do don't. Uh, so what, what I was saying was Chiri is, what they do is he asks her to, like they're basically trying to get the thing to crash where they need it to crash, right? So yeah. they're getting her to guide the guy who's shooting it, I think. Yes. And so, like, the difference is she's trying to make the future happen instead of avoid it. Like, the way they kind of describe it. Which, like, it sounds so simple and not, like, interesting. But trust me, when you read the book, it's, like, so interesting. And, like, like, Chiri's this little adorable girl. And she's like, I can do this. I believe in myself. One time Thrawn taught me how to pilot. And it's, like, so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. It is pretty much exactly how it goes down. Yeah. They 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 gave they did a good job on giving her that moment and like Talius and the other, you know, the caretaker has the moment too and nobody knows if this is going to work, but Thrawn's like, "Can you do this?" And the little child mm-hmm. is like, "I could do it." And it's like a really really cute and good payoff to that character, which I enjoyed. Yes. Um yeah, so everything's exciting. Thrawn does crazy jewelry appraising. Uh, there's a family war that's about to happen. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When we get to like the very end, like the person that was working the whole time with the ag buoy is Jixtus, who we know was the guy who was kind of like shadow controlling the, what, the Nick Ardoon and the other books. And now through mm-hmm. this book, we kind of learn that he's tall and wears purple and sounds suspiciously like one of those navigators that shows up in Snoke's room for 10 seconds before everybody starts fighting. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and that's, I mean, we know he's what Grisk because he ends right. up revealing that he is a Grisk. Yes. Uh, and th- I don't know. It, yeah. I, trying to trying to uh, it, it's it's interesting what because they do make mention of the uh navigators yeah. you know or vo- what they they call them hold on I have a note here void guide Ooh. uh that you know that they mention and I think it has been confirmed that they are the same that Snoke has used uh, right, like the as same navigators. species, possibly, yeah, or and that because they both come from the unknown regions, the unknown regions, and are used mm-hmm. as navigators. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm very curious to see where uh, where this whole thing. Go- I mean, why is he? I mean, he seems like he's hiding his appearance, right? right. Which I, you know, I don't understand, but uh, yeah. You know, so there's got to be something there, some sort of reveal okay. that they're setting up. Because we know that the Grisk are, you know, we know who they are. We've heard about them before. Uh-huh. So why is there this secrecy around Jixus himself? Right. That's okay. what I'm curious about. Okay. That's fair. I, I just, like, I'm curious to see if that, like, yeah, I'm just waiting for that payoff too. Because, you know, like any Thrawn book, I'm just waiting for the part where I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, let's see. We Oh, and at the end of the book... One of the guys is like, look, I'm going to tell you something about this myth hidden history about mm-hmm. the star flash weapon. I don't know. Yeah. What that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's like literally the last line. Yeah. But it sounds exciting. And I'm like, oh, what's happening? Right. Yeah. It, and it says, you know, it says it's a, you know, quote, terrible alien weapon, uh, huh. which, of course, you know, they're aliens. <laughs> and it makes it makes yeah. you wonder, you know, because for them, nothing, you know, they don't go outside the uh-huh. chaos, you right, know, so right. everything else happening in the Star Wars galaxy, they don't give a crap about. Uh, That's fair. So it's, I mean, could it be from, you know, them or, you know, is it, I I almost wonder if, if it won't end up tying into High Republic stuff. Yeah, that would uh, be really be, cool. That would be interesting. Because, you know, it sounds like it's old whatever it is right right you know it's some old weapon that that exists and it's alien so i mean you've got stuff high republic you know we don't know what you know what's what's his, the, the eye uh he's he's got some weird weapon that mm-hmm. we haven't seen you oh, know that's true. Yeah, what yeah. it can do yet mm-hmm. and he's alien i mean he's he's gray yeah. Like they say Jixus is. What if they're related somehow? Right. Uh not saying that they are, 
But, mm-hmm. I mean, it would be interesting if you end up having the Grisk also be a threat somewhere in High Republic stuff. Okay. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just, yeah. Yeah, you know, these threat, are all yeah. thoughts I had when when I read that. I was like, what is this weapon? Yeah. You know, Star Wars loves its super weapons, yeah. so it's probably something big. I just started going like, is this a sun crusher or are we looking at a dark sun? Like, what are, what are we flying with here? Like, you know, because it definitely has a super weapon sound. You know what I mean? I, man, I'd yeah. be down for a sun crusher to come <laughs> into canon. Oh, man. Let's see. Uh, so, I mean, that's basically the book. Like, I really, really dug it. And then I also dug that, I dug that I, like so much of the other book, I think, like, you know, like the, the chiss stuff was so like confusing for me to get a handle on finally that by this book, even though there was confusing stuff going on, I already sort of was getting it. So I think I had a lot more fun with like, like what these farmers dude, like just watching these farmers and I'm like, Oh no, they're up to something bad. Them and their mm-hmm. jewelry and like, Oh yeah. I forgot like the one farmer that kind of figures it out too. Like they give his wife yeah. or something. One of the things and he's yeah. like, yeah. The zipper scares the aliens, and that's a big point of like him unraveling the mystery. Like, uh, yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> like they, the 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 kid unzips their jacket or something like that, and the alien dies for cover, and they're like, "What? Oh no, you yeah. just scared me!" And Boy. then they like look it up, and they're like, "It would be like the same kind of sound wave as a like something something launcher, a weapon from a civil war that nobody was at, but maybe they were at." Like it, it's so like there's so much of that kind of stuff that's like, it sounds dumb when I try to say it out loud, but trust me, it works in the book. Yeah, well, <laughs> and again, it's one of those like, if certain series of events didn't happen in just the exact way, right. nobody would know what the hell was going on. <laughs> yeah exactly oh, so basically like that dude like the the guy i forgot to mention the entire time the farmer he like starts like uh they give him a piece of the jewelry he realizes the jewelry is like something weird and then like he realized that the leader guy his family leader guy is being shady so he sends mm. the piece of jewelry off to like his cousin to be like can you tell me like what's the deal with it why is everybody and that's who tells him that it's valuable and that's who send they send it to thrawn and that's how Thrawn gets the piece of jewelry and starts to figure out what happens. So it's yep. because of like the one farmer that wasn't greedy and wasn't taking everybody's BS. Uh, like, yeah. you know, cause they're all trying to bribe them and be like, Oh, but perhaps you can keep this for your family. And he's like, nah, I'm gonna send this to my cousin. Tell me what's yeah. really going on. <laughs> like, um, I like that. That, that was like, it's almost thematic, right? Like the farmer, the mm-hmm. guy that they're trying to bribe with this expensive stuff is also the guy who doesn't care about your expensive stuff. He's just like, why are you being weird to my family? And he like, because of his lack of greed, he's able to unravel the mystery while the people that are greedy are the people buying into the, 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 the trap and they all end up, you know, getting ripped yeah. on that mysterious planet or whatever. So I thought that was really <laughs> cool. Like, I really like that farmer dude. Lacfro, I think his name is. Yes. Um, that farmer was, he knew what was up. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he had no time for the ag buoy and their nonsense. Uh, let's see. I, I, we pretty much covered the entire book, like looking forward to lesser evil. Yes. I don't know, dude. Like, I feel like, like the one big thing I have in my head is like, this has got to end with, with Thrawn ending up in our lesser space or whatever you want to call it. Right. Like our world or our world, like the star Wars land. Yeah. I don't know how to the, call it without sounding silly. The, the, the galaxy we know. Yeah. With the, with yeah. the empire, you know, 
Um, I am super excited for yeah. uh, Lesser Evil, which thankfully we don't have to wait long for. I mean, it comes out this year still. So yeah, dude. Uh, and, and I think, I mean, I'm just interested to see if he can stick the landing on this trilogy. Like I said, okay. so far all the Chiss ascendancy stuff is is just it is so much my jam. Okay. That that it's it's easily becoming one of my favorite trilogies that they have. Right. So I'm really hoping he can stick the landing with these because there's got to be reveals. You know, we're gonna yeah, have to yeah. learn more about Jixus. We got we're gonna obviously we're gonna learn about that that star flash weapon yeah. and whatever ultimately ends up putting Thrawn on the path towards the Empire. Yeah. So there's a whole you know I mean this feels like a book that's gonna have a whole bunch of reveals uh, that almost have to happen. Right. And whatever and, that you know, threat, you know, the threat yeah. to the Chiss, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, not every trilogy, not every Star Wars story is able to stick those type of reveals and landings, right, which right. is fine. You know, so I'm, it, and I mean, they all do it to varying degrees. Some are really great. Some are mm-hmm, just okay. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah, I, I'm really hoping this, eager to see how, how this trilogy manages to handle all those things. Nice. And still, still fit in. Look, just going off of like trilogies right now, like uh, mm-hmm. book trilogies, I think if I had to like the the trilogy that I probably had most fun with, I really enjoyed those Aftermath books. But I think my favorite trilogy that I think I'll be going back to in the future forever and ever is probably going to be those Alphabet Squadron books. As I really enjoyed those. Um, yeah. The character work that they did in those books was just super, super dope. Um, But yeah, like that's that's like my jam, even though like no Jedi in the book is like that's yeah my, uh, like that's kind of my brand is like jedi i like swinging around lights oh i love me some some yeah. saber action yeah yeah, yeah the what is it uh yeah the alphabet squadron stuff was just you know yeah they did ah there's good, good character <laughs> stuff man and they like the, yes like that's that's what'll keep like that's what'll hold me like like forever you know, a good character yes. story, like, I will always come back to that. Exciting, cool stuff, like, I'll come back to it and I'll like it and I'll enjoy it. But, you know, like, uh, then again, I've read that uh, Aftermath trilogy like a good three times at least. Uh, I do find myself going back to those interludes. I do have fun with that. Yeah, I love those books. And, you know, I mean, the, the new era of Star Wars has given us, given us tons of more great books than there, you know, have been misses. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's important to remember you mm-hmm. know for every miss that books you know there's so many more that that absolutely nail it which the ratio of great books you know to not great books in the new canon is way better than what we got with the legends say you it. had i've been saying it yes you had <laughs> no idea what you were yeah. going to get when you picked up a legends book uh, you didn't know if it was going to be science fiction. You didn't know if it was going to be magic, like literal magic, not not, not magic. You didn't know if mm-hmm. it was going to be, I mean, Arlequin romance, or <laughs> you know, Luke ends up falling in love with a damn spaceship, uh-huh. or you know, you just had no idea. But you interdimensional know. cults, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah, dude. Like they, they, they would just like some of the books would just be like, "Hey, look, Han, Luke, and Leia are going on vacation." Uh oh. <laughs> like, and I got. I think it's because like, 
look, like some of the stuff in Legends was really great, but I think the dependence on the main characters from the movie made a lot of those misses. Because, like, yeah. the fact that, like, it took them so long to, like, branch out. and Like, when they started giving us new characters and really freeing themselves from that being tied down. Like, kind of like you said with this book, how the other Thrawn books, mm-hmm. like, were so tied to Rebels that they were in a box. Tying themselves to those yep. three characters gave us silly stories to, like, well, Luke just wanted to be on vacation now. And now, like, like, like every story was about them. So the circumstances got more and more ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Oh my god. To where once they first finally started moving on to like Jaina and the kid like oh, yeah. then you started getting like really interesting stuff and stuff outside of that box and like yes, leaving they, that dependence. Yes. You know? And that that was the, the biggest problem was they they couldn't pass the torch like they <laughs> you know they tried yeah. several times to pass the torch and mm-hmm. just didn't work until they finally said screw it let's kill one of them <laughs> you know <laughs> and, and uh. it, you know once that happened which poor chewy but it was it was kind of a watershed moment where it's like yeah. okay it is time for the next generation to take over and right, right. you know that's one of the things you know getting slightly off topic here but that's one of the things i i actually liked about hush puppy hush how, <laughs> no, man, leave it alone, man. It's just an ambulance, dude. We live by a hospital. You gotta chill. Dude. That is hilarious. <sighs> You're such a jerk, man. Come here. Relax, dude. Relax. Chill. Poor chill, puppy. Bro. Chill. I know, man. Relax. Ah, don't lick me. <laughs> okay, okay. Back, back to one. Back to one, people. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But yeah, Chew- I, I, I think the the sequel trilogy. You know, for all of its, you know, flaws that there are, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've enjoyed it. But I think that's one of the things they've really done right where the old expanded universe struggled was they did manage to disconnect from the yeah. legacy characters, which was important. You know, right, they were right. able to pass the torch. They integrated them into the story, but it wasn't, you know, yeah, like you said, you know, in the old stuff, it was, there was no free weekend <laughs> of time. <laughs> In the old expanded universe, that stuff. is a. Fact. It was literally a new bad guy, new galaxy mm-hmm. crisis every freaking week for them. Yeah, I felt so bad for them in the end. Yeah, and they could never pass the torch. And I think that's that's something the new generation stuff has done better. Definitely, definitely. Uh, uh and, and you know now you know especially now, you know the first wave of new canon books were all pretty close to the the movies uh-huh. all felt like they had to be connected in some way. And I think some of those early right. ones uh, like heir to the Jedi, uh, uh, really struggled because they felt like they had to connect mm-hmm. instead of telling its own story that happens to, connect. you know, it, it, yeah. it, it was, it was too much of a, we have to make this work somehow. You but know, we even, have to fill this yeah. gap. And, and they're getting away from that now, and they're, right, they're right. you know, letting, you know, like Alphabet Squadron, you know, they're kind of doing their own thing. The timeline, you know, there's no way they did all this crap in a year, right? right. <laughs> which is all that's supposed to happen, you know, the, the only amount of time between, you know, that those books cover. But whatever, it works, yeah. it's good. <laughs> but even, like, expanding that, like, like Alphabet Squadron is like, none of those people is Luke Han and Le- you know what I mean? Like... They, yeah. gave, they gave you brand new characters and uh, hopefully you fall in love with them by the end. Of, you know what I mean? Like uh, expanding that universe, even if it's in a familiar time, sometimes yeah. like that, that's a, that's a, that's a risk that they're going with a lot more often than not, 
which generally is like mm-hmm. paying off in a good way instead of trying to tie them to instead of trying to tie up the instead of trying to tie up Luke's weekend for eternity. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh my god. Like that poor guy. Yeah. Yeah, like, it was crazy. Yeah, it's so <laughs> it's 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 all in all you I totally agree with you the like overall quality and ratio of good things and great stories that we've gotten from canon thus far is a lot higher and better quality. The bar is higher from where it was in legends, which was like, like even now we get hits and misses, but when we got misses back then, they were real misses. (laughs) Like, you know, like heir to the Jedi is not my favorite book, but it has some moments in it. And generally that's kind of like how I feel about every story. Like, even if something isn't my favorite or I don't dig something that much, there's like a cool, like Star Wars is kind of moments. Like you find these pieces that, that are really cool. Like, Hey, I didn't like that book, man. But the first time he moved something with the force and sort of a first romance, like there's some pieces in that book that are really interesting and, and cool, but yeah. Oh yeah. And I wish it just would have been. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, better, Um, but good times. Yes. And I think that's the thing with, with, with Star Wars that, that we should all remember is, you know, even the, you know, my analogy has always been cake. Star Wars is cake. I may not always enjoy the flavor, but it's cake. It's still cake. <laughs> it's you cake. know, I mean, yes. it's still cake. It's like saying, look, you know, oh, look, I, I prefer chocolate cake, so I'm not going to eat vanilla. Screw that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to eat the cake. I'm, I'm gonna go with pizza but yeah i get it <laughs> pizza yeah yeah exactly what you know whatever pick yeah. your favorite food yeah and, and you know that's how star wars is and really how it should be there, there's something for everybody definitely and definitely. you're not gonna like everything if you liked everything eh, you have other problems but <laughs> you know you you can generally enjoy all the stuff that's out there you know and still be critical of, mm-hmm. of you know you know certain elements of it but the right. fact is it's just an enjoyable thing yeah Star Wars is Star Wars, man. If you don't like it, don't read it. It is what it is. So, let's see. I think I think we covered. Let's we covered Talia's Cherry. We covered Arlani. We covered oh Thurfian, dude. So Thurfian was like oh, in yeah. the first book. He's like this real guy that's like an antagonist in Thrawn's family. And then in this book, he's like oh. he's in he's in the beginning, and then he's at the end. Well, he was in a couple like I. My review, I even wrote about how it's just some of his stuff felt so random. Uh-huh. Uh because like he didn't do anything in regards to the story being told. Like we right. had one chapter where he went to settle some border dispute right. that had nothing to do with the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's what he does. He settles the border dispute and then we never come back to it. And then yeah, the next thing we know he's now in charge. And it's like, wait a minute. Oh, and and you know also, what? but he's the one that they tell about Starflash. So like, yes, that yes. seems like a huge setup. He like kind of disappears from most of the book. Yeah, he settles the border. Uh, but he's also like, like what is it? Like he's he's trying to figure out if Talius is a spy or something like that. And he's like, yeah, he gives her some info, and he's like, and this is gonna like, I'm gonna do this thing, and it's gonna reveal. And at the end, it's not revealed. And he, instead of going like, hmm, I guess she's not a spy. He's like, she must be a really good spy. Or like, he's still not sure, like at the end of the book. (laughs) He's a weird guy. Yeah, but he's very focused on Thrawn, even though he just got like a promotion. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. 
So, I mean, I feel like yeah. that's going to be a big thing. Obviously, that that all ties back to Starflash and whatever that is. Um, but yeah, I didn't mention him this whole thing. Rebels, we talked about Rebels. <laughs> Why does Simacro sound like Jack Nicholson? Okay, that's just an audiobook critique. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Okay, where is Grand Admiral Thrawn? I feel like we're far enough away that none of this is going to tie to like like to Thrawn's return in the Mandalorian or that time yeah. period. But I don't know. I just thought maybe to mention it. Um, I don't really have anything to say. I don't see anything that ties <laughs> up to it, but I was just curious to see if you see anything. No, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what, yeah. what it, you know, what it could tie into. I think that they're, you know, ultimately, you know, it, yeah. it, it just makes you wonder if they'll talk about the Grisk in, you know, whenever they bring him back in right, live action. Right. Cause obviously that's like Thrawn's whole deal, right, what right. he's trying to do. So, you know, at the time he comes back, has he already dealt with them? You know, and now he's, he's yeah. back in regular space. I don't know. Yeah, look, I like to connect dots and I couldn't connect this one. I was just wondering if you could look, it was a bad call on my show notes. <laughs> so I don't want to let it go. Uh, but you know, that was the latest thing. That was the last time I heard his name. <sighs> okay. Yeah, yes. so all in all, I'm looking forward to see how this trilogy is going to end. And you're right, we're ending it in November. So, man, it's coming a lot sooner than good. I thought. Uh, what am I excited about today? War of the Bounty Hunters and Bad Batch. That's it. <laughs> That's what I'm into right this second. And High Republic. I'm, I, I picked up my comics today, so I had a good day. Nice. So, good times. Um, man, do you, you, you got anything to close this up? You got anything else to say? I no, we, I we think covered everything. I think I think we've covered this book pretty darn well. Right on, man. Uh just once again, man, where can people find you on the interwebs? You can find me on Twitter at Jordan Mason, M A I S O N. Everybody gets uh, my last name wrong. And uh of course you can read about me and my writings and stuff on Cinelinks. Uh you know, we're also on Twitter or cinelinks.com. That's pretty much where I hole up. You know, I've written for a few other publications, but that's my main home is there on Cinelinks. And of course I'm pretty much always online. It seems like. (laughs) Right on, right on. This is my, my homie is a great Twitter follow. Just like if you, you need a little bit of extra delight in your day. This is one of the people who brings me extra delight in my day. I, got, I get good memes. I get commentary. Uh, there's there's a lot going on over there. I appreciate um, that, dude. Sometimes yeah. I wonder if I'm just too much. Look, if, <laughs> if, if you're too much, I'll unfollow you. <laughs> Until that happens, don't worry about me, buddy. Uh, let's see. You can check out the Rogue Rebels at theroguerebels.com. Uh, we have a Facebook page again. You can hit us on Twitter at Rogue Rebels Fam, and we're on Instagram and TikTok at what are we? Oh, the Rogue Rebels. Yeah, we take a lot of pictures. Look, I got costumes, dude. So you, Instagram, that's probably the spot. Uh, but keep make sure you're listening to this podcast. If you're listening to this, I probably don't have to say this. But you know what? I put together Spotify playlists. If you got playlists, if you have Spotify, like you can, I broke it up by interests. All the book episodes are on one playlist. All the comic episodes are on another playlist. You into the Bad Batch, I got a playlist for you. You like Clone Wars, I got a playlist for you. So I don't know. All the kids don't like Spotify, right? <laughs> Hello, fellow children. Yeah. <laughs> Go check out Spotify and our playlists. So, uh, you know, do the thing. Uh, it costs you nothing to share this podcast with your homies. So do so. 
Have a good time, and we'll catch you on the next episode whenever we talk about something else. All right, this is the end of the podcast. I don't know how to end it, so I just kind of like sing, and that's the end. Boop, done. <laughs> good times, buddy.